Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, um, <clears throat> here's the deal. I don't feel very well. I have to do an episode because ad space is sold. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds so obnoxious for why I need to put out an episode. And I mean, I could just like rerun an episode, but I don't know. Here's the thing. I just don't feel well. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning and was like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. And then I laid in my bed for like 20 minutes trying to will myself to not throw up. Like, you know that feeling when you know you're going to throw up, but you do not want to throw up. So you're just like, maybe if I just like lay here, it won't happen. Well, yeah, then I spent a half hour in the bathroom puking. Like, I guess I ate something bad. The weird thing is like, I didn't have any meat yesterday. Like, I I guess I had some on Friday. I don't know. Or on Thursday. Maybe I ate something bad on Thursday that just was coming up. But I feel like I saw, I just threw up at that moment. And then like, I went back to bed. And so I don't feel pukey anymore, which is good. I just feel really tired because I spent a half hour last night throwing up, which is really tiring. And then I was up at seven and then I fell back to sleep for like an hour I just don't feel well. I just really do not feel well. So I'm going to do a quick AMA. I'll be surprised if this episode clocks in in an hour. I just don't have the headspace to recap this episode. I'm going to next week. I mean, I took notes on the episode. I am ready to go with it physically. Well, I don't know what the word would be. Not emotionally, I guess. So my plan is to next week, because it will be a reunion, and we know reunions are boring, even though they're trying to pretend like this reunion won't be boring, it's going to be boring, Um, I'm going to recap this finale, which really nothing pressing happened that we need to discuss. (laughs) um, I do want to talk a lot about Kate's miscarriage and how she handled it. I was greatly impressed with Caitlin, as I have been for most of this season. Although, surprise, Kate and Tyler have another $7,000 tax lien against them. Um, They don't believe in paying taxes, I guess, is Kate and Tyler's thing. I guess they're sovereign citizens, Kate and Tyler. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny if it came out there as sovereign citizens? Like, not David, Kate and Tyler. Um, So, yeah, I guess they're sovereign citizens and they don't pay taxes, But I definitely want to talk about that. But besides that, like, nothing really happens on the episode. So I feel like it's okay if we take a little break from recapping. So, yeah. Why don't we do an AMA? If you want to listen to my Patreon, come to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. My Patreon is called Liz Explains It All. I talk about a ton of shit. I am recording tonight, actually, (laughs) (laughs) Because why wouldn't I have two podcast recordings scheduled for the day that I don't feel well? Um, Tonight, I have a podcast recording going over Demi Lovato's new docuseries, and I have a million thoughts. I haven't even watched it yet, but I have a million thoughts on it. Uh, Last week, I did a Sister Wives recap. Sister Wives season finale is coming up, so I'm going to cover that. Also, I've been kicking around the idea of watching and not seeking Sister Wives because people really like it. And I'm really bummed that Sister Wives season finale is coming, although I'm kind of guessing they're doing A and B season. Oh, the landscapers are outside. Cookie is not pleased. Cookie's not okay with the landscapers. But I am thinking about doing some Seeking Sister Wives episodes. So if you want to come follow me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. 
And let's get into some Ask Me Anything questions. I just picked up my phone, by the way, and my friend Amity, who does a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast called Gimme Pizza Podcast, which I have been on quite a few times. She's been on my Patreon. She just announced that she, she has an Etsy store where she sells really fun Mary-Kate and Ashley stuff. I have a bunch of shirts from there, actually. I have an Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley shirt. I have this incredible Mary-Kate and Ashley shirt that I tie-dyed that's Chef Kiss Perfect. I have some pins. So I am a shopper of her store, which is why I'm personally endorsing it. But she often will donate the income, the profit. The profit is the word. She'll donate the profit from her store to different causes. And she just announced that, and by just announced, I mean yesterday, that she's going to donate all the profits from her store to the uh, Dante Wright Senior Memorial Fund through May 16th. And that's Give Me Pizza Podcast. I think that Etsy is called Give Me Pizza Podcast. And like I said, it's really cute stuff. Um, I think I might get a sweatshirt, honestly. <laughs> Anytime she announces this, I'm like, oh, should I get something new? <laughs> Um, because it's a really good cause. I like to support the cause and it's nice to get stuff from her store because it's all cute. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I just like threw my phone and was like, okay, let's get started. I need my phone. Guys, today's tough. You know, this is the thing that fucking sucks about having a podcast that I always talk about. It's like, you have to do a podcast even when you don't want to do it because like ad space is sold. <laughs> okay. Let's get started. Also, there are not that many... Uh, responses as I normally get because I posted this at 7 a.m. on a Saturday <laughs> and like I'm just getting the questions out at like 11 o'clock a.m. like really prime time for people being on Instagram right stupid okay um all Conaway says which teen mom do you think could <laughs> sorry which teen mom do you think you could be in a fight, physical and or verbal? Okay, so something to know about me is I've never been in a physical fight. I mean, like, my brother and I used to fight when we were real little, maybe until we were, like, 10. But I've never actually been in a fight. There was one time that I thought I was going to have to be in a fight. I, <laughs> I feel like I've told this story, but... There's this girl that I had a lot of issues with, and we hung out in the same group my freshman year of college, and she was, like, making it – she was talking a bunch of shit on me, and she was making it, like, uncomfortable for mutual friends to, like, hang out with both of us, which I found really annoying. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I haven't done anything wrong because I hadn't. Um, I had slept with her boyfriend when we first got to college before they knew each other, and he lied to her about it. And then – I don't even remember how, but – Eventually, she found, I guess, I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know how she found out. I don't remember. This was so long ago. And she was just, like, making it really uncomfortable. And people are like, well, Lindsay's coming, so we don't know if you can come. Or, like, and that really bothered me. And, like, I had, my, like, she was kind of, like, on, you know, like, we had, like, two of the girls that I hung out with were good friends with her. But they weren't, like, my closest friends. So it's not, like, my close, close friends were, like, well, we can't hang out with you. Lindsay's going to be there. But when we would all hang out in this big with the, this group of 20 people, I would say, my freshman year, like, when we would all hang out, they would be like, well, Lindsay's going to come and it was this thing. And I was like, I'm so fucking sick of this. So one night I put on my biggest ring that I had because I can't fight and I know I can't fight. And I walked up to her and I said... <laughs> I said, if you don't stop talking show me, I just want to fight you and get it over with. And then she didn't want to fight me and she got over it. 
But as to who I would get, who I'd beat in a physical fight. So I don't know who I could beat in a physical fight because I don't think I would be very good in a physical fight. I'm quite weak. You know, I if I ever had to be in a fight, my goal would be to, like, get one really good elbow to someone's jaw and then run away as fast as I could. I'm not interested in fighting. As to who I could beat in a verbal fight, like, all of them. They're all dum-dums. I'm smart. I'm quick. Like, Macy, I could, like, I could dress Macy down, if you will. I I could go toe-to-toe with any of them in a debate. Now, would I want to? No, because I don't like to be mean. But, like, as far as who I could beat in a verbal fight, all any of them, because I also, like, don't, I don't, um, if somebody confronts me, I'm not a person that, like, cries a confrontation, which I know is, like, a thing. Like, I can get into it with you. Like, if you, I don't, I don't, I don't do this. I don't have any in my life, anybody in my life to do this. But, like, if you want to get into it with me, like, I can get into it with you. Like, this is not going to be a, uh, I, like, just, I know some people are not good at confrontation and will just, like, break down the moment someone looks at them. But that's not me. So, yeah, if you want, if. If a teen mom wants to come at me and fight and scream at me, like, we can do that. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, very beautiful Ken Reed. That's, like, my favorite Instagram handle. It says, have you been following Kat Marnell's sister on Instagram? And if so, thoughts on that? I had been looking at her TikTok for a little bit. Kat Marnell, if you guys don't know is a writer who is a drug addict who I find to be a real nightmare. Kat tweeted, um, back when all the Matt Lauer stuff came out, she tweeted something like, how can a woman obliterate her body with alcohol then go to a man's hotel room and have the nerve to call it rape? Like, something really awful like that. Camarnell's not a good person. I... People, like, are, like, she's so honest. So we're, like, supposed to be obsessed with her because she's, like, honest about being a drug addict. I don't know. I liked her book. I thought How to Murder Your Life was, like, good-ish. I didn't, I wasn't really into her writing at XO Jane, so I'm not part of, like, this a minion of Kat Marnell. But her sister, Emily, um, who also has a lot of issues, she was sent to a therapeutic boarding school as a child, has now fallen out with, like, the whole family, and at least on TikTok was calling Kat a narcissist and her parents narcissists, which her parents, their parents are narcissists, at least according to Kat. Like, that's how I know her parents, via Kat calling them narcissists. So, I'm not... Then Kat, like, went on uh, Twitter and was like, my sister is... Oh, my God. I forgot about this. I had tweeted something like, oh, wow, I just saw Kat Marnell's sister on Instagram, like, or on TikTok. Look at this TikTok. I did not tag her. She fucking name-searched and responded to me, like, my sister has borderline personality disorder. Like, you shouldn't be sharing this. And I was like, okay, first of all, when celebrities name search themselves and respond to me, like, get the fuck out of here. I did not tag you. I didn't tag you. I don't want to hear from you. You're a famous person. We discuss you. Don't name search. I hate name searchers. Um, so since then, I haven't really been following her, but... I guess Kat is, like, on the side of her parents, and she's like, my parents are very good people. And I'm like, okay, hold the phone, because everything I know about your parents is you describing them as fucking monsters in your book and your writing. Like, I know of your parents because of the shit that you said. I don't know, Emily. Like, I don't know your sister. I don't know your parents being bad from what your sister has to say. I know your parents are bad from what you have to say. So, no, I have not looked into Emily's Instagram, but I guess I'll be doing that today. Okay, old Conaway also says, 
Um, oh, not for Teen Mom, but always here for general Caroline Calloway chat. Okay, so Caroline's actually... <laughs> I actually got a couple questions about Caroline Calloway. Um, Gracie V also asked about that. Uh, asked about what's going on with Caroline Calloway. So I have been very interested again in Caroline Calloway. She has moved from her grandmother's apartment. She spent the last year living in her grandma's condo in Sarasota, Florida, why her grandma lived with her mom. So her mom got, like, diagnosed with stage four cancer last year, but it seems to be doing very well, which is great. But Caroline's stepdad has terminal cancer, and her grandma's, like, in her 90s. And the three of them were living in Caroline's house as Caroline just, like, lived by herself in her grandma's condo, just, like, wrecking the condo. Caroline is filthy, disgusting, dirty. She is hoarding now. Like, she's having really serious hoarding tendencies. And so she moved back to New York, um, like, a month ago. She has this boy assistant named Brad, who I guess is straight. So I guess they hook up because I assume all, all straight people hook up. <laughs> They drink a lot, and he was, like, living with her in Florida. Maybe I'm just projecting my drinking self on, but, like, I had sex with everybody when I drank. Like, all of my friends I slept with, basically, when I would drink. And I think Caroline's probably the same way, because Caroline is an alcoholic. That girl drinks all of the time, every day. Um, But now she is, like, in with this young New York Gen Z, like, ironic... I don't know what they're calling them. What I think what we would have called them 10 years ago was Trustafarians. I don't... That doesn't seem like an okay term, right? Like, it seems like a problematic term, but that's what I would have called them um, 10 years ago, but I'm guessing there's a better name for them, which is just, like, rich, dirty kids is essentially what it is. Kids that live on their trust funds but act like um, they're, like, dirtbag left people. So she's hanging with them in New York. She's going out every single night. She has not received not a one vaccination. She's not worn not a one mask. She was at a party last night with like 40 people inside without masks. I just like am living in a different reality than these people. Like, and I am not like the queen of COVID. I am not the martyr that has locked herself inside for the last year. I'm not on Twitter bragging about how I haven't seen a single soul in 13 months. Like, that's not me, but... I wear a mask and I'm not going to parties, like, especially not an inside party. Uh, It's just, it's just nuts. But she's doing this thing that I'm finding really interesting, which is she's doing this yard sale, as she's calling it, which via Instagram, instead of going on like Depop, like a normal person, she used to have a Poshmark, but I think she might have gotten suspended from it for not um, sending stuff, which, you know, would be Caroline, would be Pete Caroline. She is selling them via Instagram, and what she's doing is she's, like, posting the shittiest picture of an image you've ever seen. So she'll have, like, a a scarf, like, bundled up on her floor with her cat laying on it, and it'll be, like, vintage Louis Vuitton scarf, retails at $7.70, and then, like, put in um, the question box for, like, taking the highest bid. It's so funny because she's not putting, like, um... Because she's not doing it on Poshmark, she doesn't have to actually give a price for it. She's just letting us know the retail value of it. (laughs) Which is honestly almost clever if it's not scammy. And it's such an interesting look into compulsive luxury shopping. I'm somebody that shops a lot. I shop too much. But she, the stuff she buys, like, almost everything she's selling is over, like, $300. It's in the shittiest condition you've ever seen. There's no way it's ever been washed ever 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 been washed 
And it's like, she'll be like, oh my God, I realize I love this shirt, so I'm going to wear it out tonight. And I'm like, I don't think you're going to wash that before you send it out. She posted this $340 hand silk, I don't know, a silk shirt that was like hand dyed, retailed for $340. Also, she like had, it's clearly like a strapless top. And she has, <laughs> that. she described the hanger strings as like, it comes with these delicate white ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> their hanger strings. Um, so she posts that and she lets us know the retail value is $340. And then like five slides later, she has a bouquet of flowers and her cat just lying on them as it sits on the floor. <laughs> her assistant Brad, I guess, had to go back or has to go back. He still seems to be around to Florida for two weeks. So she hired two temporary assistants, one to be like, a temporary assistant and one to also be a temporary assistant, but also run her TikTok. Um, she says this guy, one of these Trustafarian guys, is going to be the head of her merch. <laughs> Honestly, merch would be smart for her to sell because um, she does sell shit. Like, people buy shit from her. I don't really understand why, but they do. So I feel like low-effort merch that she could put up on, like, Shopify and have somebody else run would actually be pretty smart for her. But then at the same time, like, I guess Shopify probably reports you, um, you know, to the IRS. Like, you probably 1099 it. By the way, <laughs> I have 1099 money for, like, real money for the first time this year. And my accountant and my dad and I had a call the other day. And taxes aren't due until, like, the end of May. But first quarter taxes, if you're a 1099 person, was due on Thursday. And so, like, on Tuesday, we were trying to go through because my accountant realized I need to start paying quarterly taxes, which is a whole thing. You have to, like, estimate how much you're paying. It's really nuts. And we were going through my business expenses, and my dad and the accountant were like, you need more business expenses. And I was like, guys, I I don't think you understand how low rent having a podcast is. My dad goes, did you buy office supplies? And I was like, no. He goes, you didn't need any printer paper? I was like, dad, what would I be printing? What would I print for my podcast? <laughs> I had very few business expenses. And they were like, you need to spend more money so you don't have to pay taxes on all of this. Not like... I'm getting around, like cheating on my taxes, but stuff that you expense. I don't, I don't understand money or taxes. I have no idea about any of it, but they're basically like, you need more business expenses. So I guess I'm going to have to start, I don't know, taking people out for lunch and saying it's a talk about my podcast. <laughs> Not sure how we got there. Oh, Caroline. Caroline definitely doesn't pay taxes. Her ex-boyfriend, this kid, they're, they are non-binary and their name is Noah went on the Caroline Calloway subreddit and did like an AMA and basically said that Caroline does pay everybody that works for her um, and that she does pay for everything herself and it all comes from her OnlyFans, which to me makes sense. Um, she charges $50 a sub on OnlyFans, so if she has 100 people over there, you know what I mean? She's making good fucking money. And he's, uh, they said, Noah said that, Caroline just spends like every cent and probably he's like no she definitely wasn't putting anything away for taxes and that's how she affords her lifestyle um if you want to know has scammer sent no of course scammer hasn't sent of course scammer hasn't sent if you are interested in more Caroline Calloway stuff come to the Patreon because I've done a couple episodes there I know Kara and I did one back like in May that's really good and then I did an updated one 
sometime in the fall, I think. So you should listen to those two episodes on my Patreon. You should join my Patreon and listen to those. But yeah, Caroline is a hot mess. Her Instagram yard sale is like such an interesting peek into compulsive luxury shopping in a world that like I, it's just wild. It's wild that she, I mean, really will spend $700 on a shirt. Like, (laughs) uh, and she has no job. But she's making more than me. The the part that makes no sense to me is, like, she is doing well in OnlyFans, so I don't understand why she doesn't work harder at it. Like, she posts on OnlyFans, like, once a month, if that. Often OnlyFans, according to the snark thing, will pause her, uh, like, her page. So I guess if you don't post on OnlyFans for 30 days, they pause it so new new people can't sign up. But, like, you're still charging the other people. So, like... If she's making real money on there, I don't really understand why she's not posting more. I'm guessing part of it is she doesn't like to be a sex worker and doesn't want to have to continuously post nude pictures of herself would be my guess, which makes total sense. But she is doing that and she is making a lot of money and I feel like she could even get away with not posting like real nudes and still make money. One would think that if you had access to like something that could pay you five to ten thousand dollars a month for I don't know an hour of work a month you would like work harder at it but she doesn't <laughs> okay uh we will take a quick break here and then on to the next so that's Caroline Calloway and what she's been up to recently okay I don't know how to pronounce this name, but she says she's German, so that's probably why. Skwaldek? I don't know. Hi, Liz. How's your master's going? I love that you're going to be a social worker. I'm a social worker in Germany. Hi, my master's is going well. Two of my classes this semester are going very well. One of them I'm not really pleased with the professor, I'm, which stinks because um I think that the like the content could be good. I just don't like her teaching style and the classes being taught and the assignments are based on like in work in field experience, which I don't have. So it's been, I think, unfair, like the assignments that we've had to do. She marked me off stuff on my first paper that like, I was like, I could not do this because I have not worked in the field. It's really, it's an unfair assignment. My second paper for her is due, I mean, I turned it in yesterday. I'm not sure if I'll get an A in that class, which is really frustrating because I absolutely have an A-level understanding of the material. Like, her, the feedback for my my first paper was so outrageous. One of them, like, she suggested I do a forensic analysis on the organization's budget. This is a four-page paper where we had to hit five different topics, what the fuck are you talking about? She knocked me on APA points, which I've never had a professor knock me on APA points because I followed this sample paper. And then in class, she said the sample paper was just the minimum uh, minimum standards. And to get an A, you would need to uh, do exceed standards. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What's the point of a sample paper if it's not an example of an A? I did get an A, but barely. I got like a 93.6. So I don't really have um, a lot of wiggle room on the second paper. But, you know, I've told myself like, look, like it's okay if I, I want to get A's in everything. I want to have a 4.0. I want to get a 100 on everything actually um, <laughs> is my unrealistic standard of things. But 
I like I have to realize that that's not sustainable and if I get a B in this class or an A minus like it's okay because that's like still a good grade and it's okay if I graduate without a 4.0 and like nobody is perfect I'm trying my hardest in this class and like I really like with the second paper I wrote the best paper I could possibly write on the subject matter and so it is what it is like it's not like I'm if I get a B or an A minus or whatever it's not because I'm not trying and that's all I can ask myself but it feels frustrating that I like I don't know in undergrad there was never a time that I felt like I had an A level of understanding of a class and still didn't get an A like if I didn't get I didn't get A's often in undergrad because I wasn't trying I didn't understand anything so it is frustrating to feel like I totally understand the material I fully participate in every class I understand what's going on in every class I understand all of my readings I do all of my readings and I'm getting pinged on like bullshit on my paper and it's just frustrating and it it doesn't make a ton of sense if I'm getting essentially 100s on all of my other writing like and she's knocking me for things that like other professors have never mentioned would never mention so it's just like it's just her grading style and she gets to have her grading style and I don't have to agree with it but it's frustrating so I'm frustrated with that but beyond that it's going really well um I like my other two classes a lot and this summer I'm taking uh, a class on sexuality with uh, a professor I really liked from first semester so I'm really excited that I'm going to have them again and then next semester I start my internship I'm going down to four days of work a week at work to do this internship and I'm so excited about it like the organization is so great the woman that I did the interview with is amazing like we had we talked for like an hour on the phone about it it's it's so great like she was um she has an msw and a master's in public health which is definitely a route that i've thought about going because now i'm pretty sure i want to mostly work in macro work um like policy i don't know i'm not sure exactly what i want to do but the more i'm in this the less i kind of want to do clinical stuff um it's just like i just care about policy so much and macro stuff so much so this is a macro internship and the woman that i'm doing the internship under uh, she, like I said, she has an MSW and a master's in public health. She's taught at my school, like at my university, I believe in the undergrad department and the B, like in the bachelor's in social work department. She's been, she's done adjunct work and she, so she like really cares about interns and just had like all of these ideas for things that I was going to do that would be interesting specifically to me. And she's like, I'm really serious about taking on interns and I want interns to really get the best experience possible. Like she really... It wasn't just like, oh, well, yeah, we'll figure out something for you to do. Like, she had all of the specific stuff that she wants me to do. And the organization is local to me. And because, like, my the college I go to is in the town that I grew up in. And I still live in the county. I don't live, like, I live, like, 20 minutes away from there. But I still live in the county. And I still consider that, like, where I live. And the work they do, it's, like, a countywide organization. So it's for the county I live in. It's doing work that I care about so much. And and policy stuff that I care about so much. So it's very cool that, like, I was talking to her, I was like, you know, this is, like, where I grew up. This is where I've done volunteer work. Like, this is stuff that I care about, and I'm really excited to, like, work at this organization that does this. And she was like, yeah, that's great. Um, They have, like, they work with high school girls doing a bunch of stuff. So I'm really excited for that. I'm just, I'm, 
I am really excited. I've just been so impressed with my school and the internship program in general. I don't know if I talked about this, but uh, you had like no idea what to expect from the internship process. I kind of thought it would be like the school just like assigns you something and you get what you get and you don't get upset. And so I signed up to have my internship like meeting with the field director lady like as soon as possible because I work, I was going to need kind of special hours. Uh, you have to do like 14 hours a week and I'm going to do one weekday and then do it like on nights and weekends the rest of my hours. And so I like wanted to get in early and she, it was so personalized to me. The, the field director was so thoughtful. She was so nice. She, we made like this whole list. She like had all of these incredible ideas of places that I would want to work. We like went through my interests and even she was like, oh, let's Google this place. And I'll read, she was like, do you want me to reach out to these people and set up and see if it's possible to do an internship there? And yeah, so she, like she had suggested this place as my first choice and it was my first choice and I got it. So that's really exciting and I'm excited about it. So school is going well. I hope I get all A's this semester, but if I don't, I don't. Like I can't, I can't flip myself out over that. You know what I mean? I can only try as hard as I can try. Okay, Matilda says Spice Girls hot take. I don't have one, Matilda. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't have a hot take on the Spice Girls. I liked the Spice Girls as a kid, and I don't really think about them that much as an adult. Um, okay, so somebody asked, my phone kind of cut it off. Sorry. Oh, here. Grace asks, do you think Brox has some sort of something developmentally wrong or just Mac is a mom? <laughs> um, I will talk about this when I recap. I don't, the therapist that he saw didn't seem to be concerned about any developmental delays. I don't think we see nearly enough of Bronx for me to say I think he has something developmentally wrong with him. I mean, I mean, we see so little of him. I have zero idea what's going on with him. My guess, my educated guess would be that he's just fucking going through it because he has had a really hard time in life. Um, After Bronx was born, Mackenzie had terrible postpartum depression. This is when she had attempted suicide or said she was going to... The story changes a little bit, but there was a lot of suicidal ideation going on. I don't know if there was an actual plan or whatever, but this is when she was telling Josh she was going to kill herself. And Josh said, if you do it, just make sure the kids aren't here. This is when her mom, like, took the kids from her, which they've kind of referenced. Um, This was, like, a really, really bad time for her as Bronx was a little baby uh, when they, you know, should have been bonding. And that can have some long-term effects on a child. And then shortly after that, Angie gets sick. And that's Mackenzie's whole life is trying to take care of her mom, understandably so. And then her mom dies. And then her parents are getting back to get breaking up and getting back together every day. His parents are getting back together and breaking up every day. And then they move to Florida. So I feel like it would be really hard for a four or five year old to have lived that life and not have behavioral issues. I think it's great. Mackenzie got him a therapist and I hope that she is ready to like make some changes. But I think that until Mackenzie figures out her mental health, she's going to have a hard time um, helping Bronx because I think that part of the issue is that Mackenzie's mental health is difficult. Um, okay, Little Bruce says your wish list of places to go when the world opens up again. It's a good question. I don't know. I well, Seattle. I really miss my nephew, and I want to go to Seattle and Portland and see my friends out there. I really, I have um like a credit, like a four hundred dollar plane ticket credit that I guess I don't know when it can be used by but I'm fully vaccinated now the fucking landscapers 
I'm sorry. I'm sure you can hear that. I don't, I can't, I can't make them stop. I feel like land, like when I'm like the landscapers, it sounds so fancy, but I live in like a condo development, like an HOA. They're not, it's not like I have a yard that like the landscapers are specifically taking care of. Like they're doing the block. That's why they're out there for so long and why it's so loud is because they're doing our whole little court thing. But, um, Seattle is high on my list. I would like to go to Florida. I haven't been to Florida since I moved. I was supposed to go there twice last year. <laughs> a wedding shower and then a wedding. That didn't happen. Um, I'm de- I mean, I would like to take like a real vacation where I go stay somewhere nice and like stay in a hotel for five days. I would really like to do that. But I don't know when I'll have time to do that with school. But I would like to do that. And, um... Thankfully, my trips to Virginia are starting again, like my regular trips, which is really, really great. And I'm really happy about that. I'm going there. I went um, like a month ago and then I'm going again in a month, like in mid-May once my classes are over. So I'm really excited for that. It's been shitty to not see them, my little nieces, all the time. Like I used to, I used, you know, I usually would go like every six weeks and it was really hard not seeing them for a year, just like everybody else had trouble. <laughs> I'm like, hey, guys, I had a unique problem is that I really missed my family that I couldn't see. But that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm excited for like a normal summer at the beach. Definitely excited for that. Um, you know, Memorial Day weekend. I am ready for Memorial Day weekend to go down there. I think my birthday's on Memorial Day this year. If not that Monday, it's on the Sunday. And it's nice. My birthday is that weekend. And I usually, um, the last couple years, my cousin Julia, who, by the way, her birthday was this week. Happy birthday, Julia. Her parents own an apartment. Well, my, Julia's older sister owns like a quad, like a, it's a four apartment little building. Um, and there are four apartments in it and they own one of them and then they rent, well, they own the whole building. They, my cousin Alexis and her husband, like, live in one of them. Two of them are rented out to families. And then one of them is owned by my, um, my Uncle Bill and Aunt Sue, which is Julia's parents. And Julia will live there sometimes when her house is rented out. But when Julia and her husband are not there, I have been able to stay in it a couple times in the last couple uh, Memorial Day weekends. I was able to stay in it and hopefully I'll be able to do that again. And it's really nice to go down there and stay in the apartment by myself down there. I'm really lucky for that. My aunt Sue and Uncle Bill are very generous with allowing me to stay there, and it's a really nice time, and so I'm definitely looking forward to that, um, to just have it be, like, a normal time and not, like, (laughs) you know, like, I'm just looking forward to things being normal. It's not like I'm so looking forward to, like, regular travel because I mean I don't travel that much I definitely traveled more when I lived in Florida because I was like coming here I don't know I feel like I traveled a lot more when I lived in Florida but it's not like I'm looking forward necessarily to like specific trips but I'm definitely looking forward to like being able to travel again I mean realistically I might not go to Seattle until Thanksgiving just because that's I like to go to Seattle for Thanksgiving and it would be nice to be able to do that again, but maybe at the end of the summer, cause I'm not taking a second summer class. So who knows? That will be really nice when we're just able to like live normally again. And my mom is getting vaccinated. Finally, my mom is not vaccinated yet. 
it took her a long time to get an appointment. So she has an appointment, I think, next week, her first appointment. So once my mom is fully vaccinated, I'm ready to start, like, doing some more normal things. Like, I'm now two weeks post my second vax, but until my mom is two weeks post her second vax, I won't really be comfortable, um, like, moving around because I live with somebody that isn't vaccinated. My stepdad is fully vaxxed. Uh, does he have a second? He has his first his second one must be soon because he got his first not that long after I got mine. So he might, like, I would imagine his second vax is in the next week or two. So once everybody here is fully vaccinated, I'll feel a lot better and ready to do things. Okay. Um, have you, oh, this is really topical. Okay. Well, she probably, saw, <laughs> Lolo Santorini says, have you ever thought about, thought through all of the overlapping plot points of Sister Arrives and Big Love? I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that this person thought of this. And then I remembered that I literally posted a picture of a big love cast on the feathers of my hair Instagram this week. Um, yes, I love, love, love big love. Big love might have been my first introduction into polygamy. I don't know if I had read any FLDS books before big love because big love was on when I was in college. I think Big Love might have even been on in high school. Let me see what year Big Love premiered. Okay, yeah. Big Love premiered in 2006. So I think I didn't really start reading FLDS books till a little after that. I'm try- I don't remember when I started reading them, but I don't think I read them in high school. So I think Big Love was really my first look into polygamy in general. And I love Big Love. I was rewatching some of season three this week when Nikki um, goes to work at the, what's it called? at the the courthouse like help her father and pretends to be Marjean. I just I love Big Love and yeah there are a lot of things that happen on Big Love that are similar to Sister Wives and I think more of most of that is mostly just because I mean Big Love is based supposedly on the Dargers who are friends of the Brown family and so they're not it's not based on the FLDS so much. I mean Definitely Juniper Creek is short creek. Do I do? <laughs> if you haven't watched Big Love, this isn't going to make a ton of sense. But the compound Juniper Creek, which is run by Roman Grant. Roman Grant is definitely supposed to be um, Warren Jeff's father, Leroy Jeff's. Albie is definitely supposed to be Warren Jeff's. And uh, Juniper Creek is definitely supposed to be short creek. So that's like based on FLDS. But as far as like the... The Hendricksons, they are more of, like, the Brown family, so there are a lot of interlapping ideas. Um, You know, they take the fourth wife. There are three of them. I mean, the fourth wife doesn't last long in Big Love, but I think because they're, like, mainstream and look, like, normal as opposed to FLDS people, there are a lot of overlapping storylines, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But yes, I'm always thinking about Big Love when I watch Sister Rives. I just, I love Big Love. I think it is one of the best shows. I think, you know, like, Troy and I were talking about the fact that the main cast of Big Love is so good, right? Like, the main characters, Bill, Barbara, Nikki, and Marjean, are such good characters. But then the side characters are so good. And it's a show that, like... Some of the best characters on the show are side characters, which is something that I love and appreciate. I would say another show like that is kind of like The Sopranos. 
Like, I love a show where the side characters are just as interesting, if not more, than the main characters. So when they pop up, you're like, oh, yes, I love them. Like, I love everybody on the compound. I mean, Albie, um, what's Nikki's mom's name? Adelaide? Is that her name? Nikki's mom is so good. Roman, when they go to Mexico. Like, I just, I really, I love it all so much. I love Big Love. And Bill Paxson, is Bill Paxson the one that's on Big Love? Yeah, right? R.I.P. to Bill Paxson. He seemed like a very nice man. Okay. Um, Jenna Girl 42 says, Do you think Nicole Pollan should ever get a shot on either Team Mom franchise? No. Uh, not, not because of the fake stillbirth. You know, like, I don't, that's not why Nicole shouldn't get one. I just don't, I mean, I don't know, actually. I was going to say, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to bring her on, but... It probably makes more sense than it does to bring on Cheyenne. I would say no, mostly because it would just be so annoying, right? Like, it would be so annoying to have her on and, like, to have to deal with the audience. I I think it's too late, honestly. I think it'd be really hard for them to bring in somebody like Nicole, who has had such a splash and such notoriety online to, like, bring her in now where she's, like, living this new life. Do I think that... They could bring other girls from 16 and pregnant in, sure. But I don't think Nicole will ever get a shot. Somebody else asked if I'm watching the new 16 pregnant season, and I'm not. I Maybe I'll watch a couple episodes eventually, but I just, I haven't been. I watched uh, Teen Mom via, like, an Amazon season pass thing that I bought, so I I would, I have to, like, seek out shows to watch them since I don't watch live TV, and 16 and pregnant is just not a show that I'm interested in seeking out. Okay, Vanessa Graham says, favorite subreddits to follow. So this is interesting. Um, I mean, obviously the Team Mom subreddit, although I've gotten pretty bored with that. Um, I like the Caroline Calloway subreddit to an extent. I've been really looking at the t- the Sister Wives subreddit, which is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> the Sister Wives fandom is so Republican. They are so conservative. It's crazy. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I don't know why I was so surprised by this, but that sub is really conservative. So, I also really like to read... <laughs> I really like to read the Call Her Daddy and the Sophia Without an F subreddits. If you don't know what Call Her Daddy is, it is, like, the most popular podcast. It's definitely a top five podcast. And it had this big drama where the hosts, like, had a big breakup, like, friendship breakup. One of them left. That's Sophia. She has her own podcast. I hate Call Her Daddy. I've never listened to Sophia without an F. I never will. But when they are when they blew up, like, it's been such interesting drama. And the subreddit has, like, totally turned on Alex, the host. And, like, they live in La La Land and are, like, so convinced that Alex is, like, about to meet her end and Sophia's like going to triumph and be the most popular person on earth and it's so not happening. Alex is making millions of dollars. Call Her Daddy is so fucking successful. It was number one this week on the podcast charts. Like the overall podcast charts, they hate her so they are convinced that everybody else hates her and it's so fun to watch. I'm like obsessed with watching it and like they'll constantly be posts like it's very clear that Alex is not popular anymore and then the next week she'll be like number one and I mean Alex sucks, Sophia sucks. They both suck so I don't, it's not like I like them and I'm like defending them but the dilute I love like a haters that are I hate the word haters but that's just what to use that are like so delusional 
And that's what this is. So I really, also some of it is so depressing. Girls will be like, is it okay if I break up with my boyfriend because he'll never go down on me? It's like, yeah, hun, it is. Similarly, I also like to read the Without a Crystal Ball subreddit. Um, The ladies on there are unhinged. They're unhinged. Now, is Katie Joy the worst? Yeah, I've talked about that. She's the worst. But are these people that are, like, dedicated to seeing her ruin, like, out of their minds? Absolutely. They are currently convinced that the Duggars are going to sue Katie. So, Tati, this is deep, but if you listen to my Patreon, I'm sure I've talked about this more, but... Tati Westbrook, who is a very famous beauty guru YouTuber, was suing, without a crystal ball, Katie Joy, who is a, like, commentary channel YouTuber. We've talked about her on Feathers in My Hair because she's the one that got the Andrew and Amber abuse tapes. So she's come up, you know? She, look, Katie's unbearable, but that bitch gets sources, and she gets people to talk. So sometimes she has to be used. But she, like, has these people that fucking hate her. She was being sued uh, for defamation by Tati. The thing is, Tati was trying to sue her in Washington, where Tati moved, supposedly. She supposedly doesn't live in L.A. And Katie lives in Minnesota. And Katie's defense team was like, um, actually, you don't have jurisdiction to sue us there. Which ended up being true. The case got thrown out, which is, as far as for content creators, it's actually very good. Um, you don't want content creators to just be able to be pulled into court and be sued anywhere. Um, they should be able to defend themselves in their, like, home state where it would be more financially reasonable to do so. So they're waiting for Tati's lawyer to refile the case in Minnesota. I guess he has until, like, May 1st or something to refile it. And they are losing their minds that it hasn't happened yet. They are 100% convinced it will happen. I'm not so convinced it will happen. The thing that happened in Washington was such a mess, probably cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to both sides. I'm not totally sure Tati can afford to continue to sue. It is, this lawsuit has been very expensive. Um, There's a lot of decent, good breakdowns of it on this channel. Her name is Emily D. Baker. Here's the thing. Emily D. Baker is like absolutely a Republican. Like she is pro-cop. Like, I don't fuck with her politics, but she does probably the best recaps of this Katie Joy stuff, so that's who I would watch. I I do think it is a skill to turn, like, legalese into understandable content that isn't boring, and Emily's quite good at it, but, like, I don't like to support Emily, and I don't really watch Emily, um, because I don't think she's a very good person, and where was I going with that? Um... Well, she was like a prosecutor in LA and it's just like, it's just a whole thing. She, she's just very pro cop and I don't agree with that. She was like mad at police reformation, which like, so was I, but not for the reason that she was. <laughs> I was mad because I'm like, this is not enough. And she's like, this is going too far. If that tells you anything about Emily D. Baker. But if you're interested in hearing about the Katie Joy case and learning more about it, she has hundreds of hours of streamed content on there and explains it pretty well but the without a crystal ball subreddit is now convinced they're like getting nervous that tati isn't going to refile i think even though they they're pretending like they're not nervous but they are and so they're convinced that the duggars are gonna sue because katie's been saying some wild shit about the duggars including that the dugger girls like beat their children using pcv pipes (gasps) excuse me which look Katie shouldn't be saying that, probably, because that's probably not true. Like, you can't say that as a fact, um, especially when you have, like, the reach that Katie has. She's not a big YouTuber. 
but her videos will hit 50 to 100,000 views. You know what I mean? Like significantly larger than my little audience here. And I wouldn't say with the fact that the Duggars beat their children with PCB pipes. Is it possible? Sure. So they're convinced now that the Duggars are going to sue Katie Joy. I really don't think they will. I think that the last thing in the world the Duggars want is a defamation lawsuit involvement. Uh, Because here's the thing. If you sue someone for defamation, and when you are a public figure, you have to prove that that person is lying. Like, you always have to prove that the person is lying because the ultimate uh, defense of defamation is the truth. Like, you can't defame someone if you're saying the truth. And so not only do you have to prove that they're lying, but, like, there's this whole threshold of, like, malicious intent and, like, damages that a public figure has to prove. And for the Duggars who have had terrible press, that threshold would be quite high. That's why it's, like, as a commentary person or tabloids, like, it's a lot easier to talk about celebrities than a private person because they're public figures, so the level for defamation is just much higher. And if you sue someone for defamation, you get pulled into depositions, right? Depositions are basically like interviews that are on the record. And in depositions, they are going to be asked repeatedly about their methods of child punishment and how they raise their children and how they discipline their children. They will have to, on the record, testify to that. That will become public. I don't think the Duggars want to do that. Do I think the Duggars are hitting their children with PCV pipes? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Would I be shocked? No. Do I think they're doing it? Probably not. I know they do that fucking blanket training where they make a baby stay on a blanket. Every time the baby leaves the blanket, they like hit the baby. But I would guess that they hit the baby with their hand, not with a pipe. Not a pipe. You know what a PCV pipe is, right? I'm saying that over and over again. But it's like plastic tubing. So it's not like a lead pipe. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Um... So I don't think that the Duggars, first of all, the Duggars can't really afford to sue. The Duggar kids, at least. Those kids make no money. Jim Bob has all the money. And I don't think Jim Bob or TLC would find it to be in their best interest to let those girls go on record and talk about the physical discipline methods that they use with their children. Um, I've seen a bunch of stuff on that sub that the Duggars have sent her to cease and desist. Don't know how they would know that. Cease and desist are not legal documents. If you didn't know this, a cease and desist is just a letter that's like, shut the fuck up. Honestly, that's what a cease and desist is. It's telling someone to shut the fuck up. And if they don't shut the fuck up, then you are probably going to take legal action. You're letting them know, like, shut up now and I won't do anything. But if you continue to talk, I'm going to sue you. They hold no weight. They're not. I could send any one of you a cease and desist today telling you to cease and desist listening to my podcast. Like, you can send a cease and desist for anything. They don't mean anything. They're just, like, warnings. Um, And it's usually, like, an intimidating warning because it will usually come from a lawyer and it basically shows the person you're sending it to, like, hey, look, I'm serious about this. Like, I have a lawyer. I've employed or I've retained a lawyer. I'm ready and willing to go to the next level, so just stop this now. Um, the only way we would know if the Duggars sent her cease and desist letters is if the Duggars themselves or Katie Joy herself told somebody and somebody told us. And so I don't think the Duggars are suing her. I would not be surprised if Tati doesn't refile, and I am looking forward to the sub meltdown. That's how we got here. I also really like uh, the gymnastics subreddit. I love Am I the Asshole, even though it's all fake. It's all such bullshit. But I do like to read it and discuss it in my Discord. Um, 
I said gymnastics, right? I really like gymnastics. Beauty guru chatter, I read sometimes. It's not my favorite. Um, I like unresolved mysteries. That's one I like to read the cases on there. I really like the no fee AC Animal Crossing sub, which I still am playing Animal Crossing. Not all the time, but like once or twice a week. And sometimes I play like every day for like five days. And then sometimes I don't play for like weeks. But I like popping onto my island and getting stuff from there. Um, I really like, yeah, I was, I was going to read, oh, I like subreddit drama. I'm just like going through my list of the ones that I really like when they come up. So yeah, those are probably my favorite subreddits to read. Um, and then on that, I think this will be my last question. Somebody asked, this was a good question. Um, okay. So Vanessa says, okay, so I had to, she sent me a message and basically says, do you think that shows would have as many viewers if it weren't for snark content online, like Reddit, live tweeting, live, live tweeting, recap podcasts, etc.? Vanessa, this is a great question, and I think absolutely not. And I think it's so interesting how snarkers don't get this. Um, I constantly say that being a snarker is being a fan. We can say all day long that it's not, but it is. Because if you are talking about something, you are adding to their engagement. You know how shows stay on the air? Because there's active engagement. Um, Caroline Calloway. The only reason anybody talks about Caroline Calloway is because we snark on her. That is the only reason. If there was no snarking, nobody would be discussing Caroline. And people on the subreddit get so mad when I say this. When I say snarkers and fans are the same thing. They are. The only reason she gets attention is because we talk about her. The only reason T-Mom is still on the air is because of the dedicated fan base. (laughs) because of the podcast, because of the live tweeters, you better believe that like when they're pitching shows or when they're like pitching shows, their advertisers or whatever. I don't, I have no idea how advertising actually works, but I would, you better believe that like beyond ratings, like the amount of hashtag that gets used during live tweets comes up. Like all of this is very relevant. And I think it's interesting that people don't get this um, you know, like people will constantly be on the Teen Mom Red subreddit, like, when is this show going to be canceled? Fuck this show. I hate this show. I haven't watched this show in 10 years. I hope all these people die. And it's like, yeah, you know how you get this show canceled is you stop participating here. Because as long as production knows that there's an active fan base, they're going to push to keep the show on. Because all of us dum-dums are here. Like, Feathers in My Hair is absolutely part of the problem. Like, Teen Mom is still in the air because of Feathers in My Hair. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I do think, like, the Teen Mom podcasts as a whole, there aren't that many of us. You know, there's really only, like, three big Teen Mom, big. But, like, I would consider Teen Mom Trash Talk, Feathers in My Hair, and Amanda Loves Hate Teen Mom, the three Teen Mom podcasts. There might be other ones. I'm just not sure of them, but I would say those are the three Teen Mom podcasts. And like, if you go in the Apple uh, podcast charts under TV and films, like Teen Mom Trash Talk is always in the top 100. Always. I pop into like the top 200 every once in a while. Like these are real serious podcasts. I think Bravo has gotten, I think Bravo got like a whole second life when podcasts came about. Like I think that part of the reasons Housewives have like persevered for so long is because of podcasts. I think that they have been a huge part in it. I think that um, when it comes to like 
snarking in general. Like, television without a penny was, like, a big part in these early TV, like, reality TV shows living and having, like, such an active fan base. Like, I really think that live journal, you know what I mean? Like, I remember we used to watch Lost, live viewing posts on Lost. Like, uh, and this is nothing new, right? Like, Star Trek comic books, like the reason that all of this stuff has had such a large and long cultural impact is because of active fandoms. And I consider Snark to be part of the fandom. And if that makes you uncomfortable, so sorry, but you're part of the team on fandom because you listen to this fucking podcast. (laughs) It's just the reality. It just is what it is. And even if you don't watch the show, you know what I mean? Like MTV gets on and sees like, oh, Team Mom Trash Talk is always like number 71. Oh, Feathers in My Hair pops in at like 180 occasionally. Like, oh, um, like these Patreons have like thousands of subscribers. You know what I mean? Like it's the Facebook groups. Like there's just so much interaction and engagement online. And I think that if you are not a fan of something or you don't support something, the way that you show that is by just like not engaging with it at all on any platform. Okay, guys, with that, I think that I'm going to tap out here. Oh, I just made it to an hour. My head hurts so bad. <laughs> Thank God that this is a weekend I don't have um, homework to do, really. Thank God. I turned in a paper yesterday. My next two papers aren't due until, like, next week. Like, I still have a full weekend left to do them, and I'll do them during the week this week. So... Thank God for that. I'm just going to rest and hopefully have energy to do the Stemmy Lovato podcast tonight. Like I said, find me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Come listen to me talk about harm reduction and drug addiction and sister wives. And if not, I will talk to you here next week. I love you guys. Have a good week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.